Now, Derek, before the Bachelorette, it says on my cards that you were from a crappy little nothing town in Iowa. It says that? Yes, I'm sorry. All right, so the movie starts and Dr. Robotnik is on the mushroom planet where he was stranded at the end of the first movie. And he says that he's been on the planet for like 270-something days. So we're seeing him after a prolonged period of uh, isolation and he's, he's sort of losing his mind. He's living off of just these mushrooms on this planet. So he's probably getting like, you know, hallucinogenic effects from all these mushrooms (laughs) they don't really explain why he's bald now do they explain why his mustache is so much well i guess if he's living in isolation yeah the mustache is a lot bigger a lack of grooming and also there's no one around so he doesn't care what he looks like as much i think did they explain why his torso doesn't look like an egg? That's really (laughs) one of my biggest complaints is that it's just jim carrey's regular body (laughs) Wait, what? What is this? This is my review of Sonic the Hedgehog. This is is what the podcast is about now, Natalie. (laughs) This is what I said the next episode was going to be. Can I confess something to you guys? So when the first movie came out, I saw an ad for it, and I thought James Marsden was playing... Uh Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> he's in it, but he's not that. Okay. I saw his name, I think, attached to the poster, and I was like, dang, he's he's very hot. And now I've realized that <laughs> I was attracted to Jim Carrey, and that that's, doesn't feel good. <laughs> well, I don't think Jim Carrey is unattractive, is he? No, but yeah. he was an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. Or is, was, I'm not sure, honestly. Yeah, I can't separate him from his aggressively mediocre personality. Yeah. And yeah, he was, I don't think he was like super into being an anti-vaxxer, but he was with Jenny McCarthy for a long time. Right. And he was supportive oh, of right. yeah. what she was mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Uh, also, he had a really bad take on the Chris Rock, Will Smith thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the ultimate crime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we haven't weighed in on that yet. (laughs) I forget what he said, but it was, I mean, personally, I'm 100%. I think Will Smith did the right thing. (laughs) No, it was something about how, like, it was, uh, Will Smith is a dangerous man. (laughs) Like, what he did was, like, so horrible. (laughs) Come on! Yeah, it's like... (laughs) And that's the official position of all of us, actually, is that Will Smith is completely in the right. (laughs) But it sounds like we're mixed on, is Jim Carrey hot? It sounds like some of us begrudgingly are attracted to him, but others Mm -hmm. are all aboard. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we can talk about this other stuff if you want, but I will be going back to my Sonic 2 review (laughs) periodically throughout the episode. Uh, <laughs> so we had a couple of things planned to talk about and then there was some breaking news that i think we need to start things off with yeah joe biden stood in front of a bunch of corn <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that's not quite breaking but that was recent it was more shocking <laughs> <laughs> wow. oh man uh... <laughs> 
Uh, but we're recording this on the evening of April 13th, and this article just came out. Uh, Brianne Pfaffensteel of the Des Moines Register is reporting that the DNC panel has stripped Iowa of our guaranteed first vote for president <gasps> in the nominating contest. Wow. Yeah. We have to change the name of the show now. <laughs> well, maybe. There's, there's still a chance. So, yeah. Yeah, so you're right. telling me there's still a chance. <laughs> Limp caucus is what we are now. I'm just hearing this for the first time. I'm absolutely gutted. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so happy. <laughs> I know. I love attention. That's the only good part of yeah. it. But yeah. you still have to do the podcast, even if we're not the first in the nation caucus state, Natalie. You still have to do it. <laughs> oh, damn it. We're I locked can- in. <laughs> I contractually. all right so we can get into the details a little bit so the dnc voted today to strip there's like a an early period that happens before the rest of the primary so i think it's everything before super tuesday is like in this early period and the current states in the early period so us nevada south carolina and uh, uh new hampshire we had like some kind of waiver so that we could go before this date that they had set and they have stripped all of the states that currently had a waiver of their waiver and we all have to reapply for the waiver and they say here up to five states will be selected to participate in the early window and the written plan gives no preference to states that have previously held that position so we could be replaced by any any just shabby little nebraska or whatever (laughs) Yeah, justice representative, Nebraska. Yeah, for real. No, honestly, this is great. But is the RNC keeping us first? Yeah, they. This is strictly a a democratic thing. Uh, The National Republican Party is like totally fine with Iowa going first in their nomination. So they are unchanged as of now. Yeah, and the Republicans run the country. So honestly. Nothing has changed. We're still yeah. the best. Yeah, we're still relevant. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of the best of all worlds because it means that all the Republicans will still come here so we can go see them. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, like, that's more fun. Yeah, yeah, it's way more fun. That's what I'm most excited about this next time around is yeah. being able to like right, go to the state fair and see all mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, see Rick nobody's going to primary Biden anyway, so that would have... Yeah, the thing is like... We good Democrats, we like to say that we would have voted for Obama a third time, but as Iowans, we were among the privileged few who got to vote for him the first time. That's right. Four times. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Iowa always picks such a shitty Republican nominee. And like a useless, like one that's like yeah. not indicative of who wins overall. Never. I feel like it's yeah. even more divorced on the Republican side. Never. It is yeah. Rick Santorum and Mike Huckabee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cruz last time. In 2016 it was Ted Cruz. That's right. Yeah. Oh. They've had some very weird primary cycles though, the last two times though. Like, how many states did Mitt Romney even win in 2012 like not that many i don't think like he was he just kind of hung in there picking up like a lot of second and thirds and then yeah mm-hmm. waited for all his rivals to drop out basically that's kind of how mccain got it too i think yeah i don't there, remember that yeah. far back but there's tend to be more competitive i think all right so here's some quotes from people who are on this committee that voted today i will say it right now caucus states are going to be a hard sell for me 
And this is in the context of uh, states trying to apply for this early window. Uh, and that was Mo Lathy. Not sure how to say his last name. Uh, and then he continues, I will say it right now. States that don't offer some form of diversity are going to be a hard sell for me. There's diversity here. There's white women and white men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the kinds of people <laughs> that you need. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great. Like we used to be kind of a we used to be a purple state, a purpley state. I can see the diversity like yeah, I was super white. It's super old. It's really homogenous. Although of course there are non-white people. Not, I mean, not on the podcast right now, but like in the state, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, but all the non-white people are like very deeply disenfranchised here too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like no. packing yeah. mm-hmm. families, like yeah. farm if, workers. If I was the DNC, I'd be like, get we, Iowa out of here. They're not even a competitive state anymore for us. Right. Like, why do that, we want to lead with them too? That is part of the criteria that they say somewhere in this article is like they want the early states to be like more representative of the country as a whole in terms of demographics and to be states that actually, you know, a Democrat might win in the general. (laughs) (laughs) The IDP has no one what to blame but themselves. It's so funny. Is anyone checking in on like Troy Price on Twitter and stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's fine. He escaped. Yeah, he's done. uh, He paid his price. (laughs) Uh, another quote. Well, actually, here, this is something from uh, Ross Wilburn, current chair of the Iowa Democratic Party. This is his statement to the register. And he says that Scott Brennan, who was Iowa's representative on this committee, voted against the resolution to strip Iowa and the other states of their waiver. Quote, because while it does provide an opportunity to bring Iowa's case before the committee, it is clear that some members appear to have prejudged an outcome with respect to caucuses. Did they ever announce a winner? No. Right. No, not I don't, officially. Think, I don't think they officially did. Yeah. <laughs> How about you announce a winner of the 2020 caucuses and then you can vote? Then you can have another one. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like the mood in the room is that there's no chance Iowa's going to be <laughs> the first and anymore. Deservedly so. Deservedly yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Though, I mean, we did kind of go over how. Uh, wasn't just the Iowa Democrats' fault. No, the, I mean the the yeah. last the national national party sabotaged it as well intentionally, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, I don't know. They're talking about diversity. Um, I you know we all know what happened in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if they'll get. I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, they control the nominating process, so they're gonna do what they it do. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter, I don't think. Yeah. But hey, maybe we'll finally just get rid of the caucuses and we can actually just have a normal primary now. Like, now that there's less prestige involved. That's the thing I would truly celebrate. I hate that shit. And people who like it are sociopaths. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's something wrong with you. Like, I... No. You're not the only one. Uh, According to a March 2020 poll. I don't know why they're going back so far. Probably the last time they asked anybody. But according to the poll, 47% of Iowans said it would be better to switch to a primary, which is an increase from 39% who said so in 2017. And the percentage of those who said it would be worse to switch to a primary fell from 43% to 30% in 2020. God, who are these people? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a lot of people who still think that a primary would be worse. But almost half of those polled said a primary would be better. And let's see, that leaves 23% unaccounted for. I'm assuming they, those polled said, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Those are the people who don't vote at all. What did you say about my cock? <laughs> right. Uh, and then this ends with a, another quote from Ross Wilburn. It says he's expressing optimism. <laughs> what a fool. Oh, nice. <laughs> but the, the quote him. is, as we saw from President Biden's uh. recent visit to a rural Iowa community, <laughs> mm. Iowa Democrats are excited and focused on rebuilding the national Democratic brand in small towns. Hey, why don't we just start with the Iowa Democratic brand first? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Did they? I don't think they even allowed members of the public into that event. I feel like Ross Wilburn saying we need to be optimistic is a clear cry for help. Like we need to do a welfare yeah. check on Mr. Wilburn immediately. Yeah. To be yeah. clear, Joe Biden could fill out whatever venue they want in any area in any part of the country. You know, like there are Democrats everywhere and they will show well, now up. Now that he's the president. When he was yeah. running, no one really well, gave a shit. Yeah. Certain people did. They were generally you know, older, older folks, but, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah. Remember his quiet power. <laughs> remember that article we read, the quiet power of Joe Biden. <laughs> oh my God. I've said it before on the podcast, but as long as I live, I'll never forget people at our caucus site, like the two or three lone Biden supporters trying to entice people with donut holes and, mm-hmm getting absolutely no supporters to join them. And that was with donut holes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, donut holes doesn't overcome the embarrassment of having voted for Joe Biden in front of other people. Like people seeing you yeah. <laughs> express support for Joe Biden. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to that corn room in a second, but let me finish Ross Wilburn's yeah, quote. I've never left uh, it, baby. I'm in there right now. You'll never get me out of the corn room. This is uh, Wilburn's, this is like his pitch to the, the public and the the journalists or whoever is listening. It's critical that Iowa continue to have a voice in the presidential nominating process so that candidates can meaningfully connect with a grassroots infrastructure that includes working families and a diversifying rural America. Diversifying how? Yeah, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? In any metric whatsoever, they are not diversifying. And the way that the Iowa caucuses sort of operate, it's not about grassroots, really. It's about, like, a shitload of national media showing up at the last minute <laughs> covering all of these freak candidates for like two weeks yeah. and then they all leave. They're not really engaging with like the real community or like, I don't know if they were, it would be like a process that's easier to participate in. I think. Are you discounting the retail politics appeal of the pizza ranch tours? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm so glad that we're still keeping the Republicans. I didn't even think to question that, and that makes me really happy because I really want to go to the state fair and see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fortunately, the RNC is still totally on board. 
Okay, so the corn room. Yeah, you mentioned not allowing the public in there. I don't know if that's the case or not, but I would, f- if I were the public sitting in that room, I would feel threatened. <laughs> what, what, what would threaten you? Would it be um, the corn being poured into onto a ever-growing pile of corn? With corn dust floating through the air as our geriatric president tries to convince you that slightly cheaper gas that's worse for the planet and your car i guess all it's probably do you guys know is ethanol well i don't like, know if it's worse than it's about the same it's, a, it's, it's, not, it's not better yeah it's yeah, not it's really not, not a solution if it is it's not even it's so negligible to be because there's then, all like, the, the fossil fuel alternative yeah if it right. was yeah. just like i mean if you have to factor in all the costs of like creating it refining it all that stuff and like shipping it and all that shit so it's like negligible from what i understand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is it actually worse for your car i do it because it's cheaper i do too only yeah, if it's like too. an old really old car i think most yeah. new cars are designed to run on it or at least yeah like the normal blends not like the e85 or whatever right yeah did you know it's like extremely easy to like die in a corn pile like that <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. I was saying, that's <laughs> what i thought time. justin was scared of <laughs> <laughs> like large quantities of like yeah. small little things like it is you kind fall of scary into it and yeah. it's really easy to die yeah because there's like voids there's like little like voids yeah, in it where voids. it's like yeah the voids are like yeah, yeah. they're like black holes they like yeah suck. it's like quicksand yeah yeah people die in silos and stuff yeah, yeah. all the time all the time yeah. scary dude that that does scare me i'm like claustrophobic like yeah it, it does that sound scares me. and like growing up like my family had a hog farm, and I'm also fucking terrified of pigs. And yeah. if you're not, you're stupid because they will <laughs> fully eat you head to yeah. toe. Yeah. yeah. If there's if there's a lot of pigs together at once, like crammed in one area, and you fall in, you're dead. Like it's yeah. so I'm so scared of them. People are not scared enough of this stuff. <laughs> they will like fully eat you, pick your bones dry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> people talk about how smart they are and how and i'm just like i'm just not charmed by it because i have been to a hog farm like yeah well yeah they're smart enough to be evil yeah yeah and yeah. plot and work together the hard thing is like if god wanted us to be scared of them why did he give them a little curly tail <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah but they are vicious they're really mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> are these the things that scared you, Justin, or something else? <laughs> well, yeah, it's just sort of like the staging of that room. It's just a huge, like, what are they in a barn or something? Like a giant warehouse, corn warehouse? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're in a corn warehouse. Bad vibes. <laughs> That's what they call them. Yeah. It was really dark. Like the lighting <laughs> was weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was in Menlo, Iowa, by the way, which I. I don't. Never I didn't look that. it up, but it's probably population like sixty or something. It's near Des Moines. <laughs> oh, like, right. I never like saw a, it. Yeah, it's, not I like, think it's northwest-ish. If yeah. it's not on eighty, I've never seen it. Exactly. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I, I, it's population three sixty-five. It's in Guthrie County. Oh, it's yeah. I guess not north, but yeah, yeah. It's on eighty. So we're right off 80. But is there a sign? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't go west. I only go east. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's that, if it's towards Nebraska, I don't go that way either. Yeah. Nor should you. <laughs> <laughs> There's this giant pile of corn that's slowly growing because yes. corn continues to fall <laughs> from the ceiling 
adding to the giant pile of corn. Man. It falls from our heavenly father. A gift to us <laughs> Iowans. It's manna from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good premise for a horror movie. Yeah. Just yeah, it's like uh, water torture, but with, with kernels of corn. <laughs> corn torture. Hardynard asked on Twitter if uh, if eagle-eyed uh, Twitter users could find the famous Iowans in the room, or like the notable Iowans, and I commented, "The corn." <laughs> yeah, giant corn mountain. The, the corn was the star of the show, baby. How could anyone take their eyes off of it? Oh, my God. The charisma of this corn. Joe Biden didn't have a fucking chance. Did you see that stupid writer that I retweeted who was talking about, like, Joe Biden is that we have a food shortage in the worldwide (laughs) and he's burning the food. You can't eat that. (laughs) Yeah, it's the shittiest corn. It's like it's basically gravel. Yeah. You literally can't eat it. <laughs> Can animals eat it? Is it this? I know yeah, they feed it to animals. They like grind it up mm. and feed animals. But like, it's not like it's not like food. I don't yeah. yeah, it's just like cellulose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I also wanted to mention the Secret Service guys who were standing in front of the corn pile. They were like standing back to back at an angle. One of them is noticeably taller than the other. They're like, this is like TV. I don't know. This wasn't like a real situation. It was staged yeah. so strangely. Yeah. It's hard to tell if they're protecting the president or the corn. <laughs> I know who I would catch a bullet for, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> That Iowa gold. <laughs> that should be the. Um, it is a very like uneasy image. That should be yeah. the cover of the or the episode art. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, oh for sure. Yeah, what else could it be? Yeah. <laughs> there was a rumor that David Lynch had a new movie coming out, but it was somebody saw like a photo from that event and just assumed that it was. <laughs> 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 I saw he had to release a statement that's like, I don't have a fucking movie coming out. <laughs> yeah, somebody made up that he has a movie coming out. They just lied. <laughs> Which is awesome, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there was another important thing that happened this week that I would like to talk about. Abby Finkenauer is <laughs> running for Senate. Very poorly. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing a bad job at the like minimum requirements. <laughs> good, good at asking for money though. Is she? Well, okay, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the automated, yeah, the automated DMs are, are not they're not doing it for me. From any yeah. politician <laughs> that I get them from. It's really not it's not cool. Like at least mm-hmm. like have a human write it. Yeah. Liz Mathis, no, Liz Mathis's staffer answered my riddle. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> so she's it. Zach Walls, Senate Majority, no, no. Abby, no. But Liz Mathis has a staffer who will answer your riddles. <laughs> I'm just kidding because my uh, display name is Sincerely with a comma. And so I get sincere, like, hello, sincerely, and then two commas. So it's like, come on, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. 
<laughs> Come on. You could have like prove, have someone glance at yeah, it, like yeah, yeah. automate that's, with glancing. That's what I mean. Yeah, you got to have at least some human element in there. You can't just spam your Twitter followers like that without knowing their names. Yeah, yeah. like when you um when you do like texting for a campaign, like a human being, you have to click yeah. on sending the text every time. I assume it. There has to be something regulating them DMing us, right? I don't know. I think no it's idea. probably some kind of tool, like a plug-in or something that they yeah. can... I mean, like, legally, it seems like they should have to do that since yeah. uh, campaigns maybe if they're texting, texting your, Maybe they're texting, yeah. like, your phone versus on a social media platform. There's less... Yeah, phones are more regulated communications-wise. Yeah. And it's interesting because mine's unusable because it's just porn text all day long. <laughs> you say porn text? Yeah, yeah dude. Hot, I don't hot, get those. Hot singles? You don't get those? Oh, I I have got a few of those. These are text messages. Text yeah. messages, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one I get every day is Dr. Oz shocks millions. <laughs> he will be mourned. And there's some link, like, I really, really, really want to click it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll include that link in the episode description if you yeah if you want right. to learn about dr oz's death is that what's being implied well, there? confusingly i do think that they're implying that he did pass away um but a lot of them are like dr oz exposes big pharma live on air in mm-hmm. front of uh, six million six hundred and thirty nine nine hundred and eighty two viewers. You won't believe your eyes. Well, chances are you already saw it because there's six million viewers. Yeah, you were probably yeah. one of them. <laughs> He's running for Senate, you know. Yes, yeah. and yeah. wasn't he endorsed by Trump? Yes, yeah. he was. He's a <laughs> real funny. shitbag, that guy. He's yeah. such a fucking shitbag. Yeah, he's not good. Popularizing quack cures. That's really cool, man. Mm-hmm. And then he's an absolute for fucking monster. Senate. Yeah, and like he's absurd for being like a, a Ben Carson figure where he like was like very good in his field. Like he mm-hmm. was a mm-hmm. legitimate heart surgeon and was respected. And then just like surgeons aren't that smart, is what I've kind of <laughs> learned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they're very specialized. It's yeah. a common Outside thing for very yeah. smart people to think that because they've mastered one field that their expertise mm-hmm. just carries over without doing the uh, you know requisite fucking 10 years of school. <laughs> yeah. Well, so speaking of running for Senate, as Dr. Oz is, uh, as I mentioned already, Abby Finkenauer also running That was running so smooth, the, the, Justin. Uh, Thank you for keeping us on track. The Democratic <laughs> primary here. And so part of, you know, running for the nomination you have to turn in certain papers uh forms to be on the ballot for the primary which is june 7th and one of the requirements i believe is that you have to have at least a hundred signature well okay the total is like 3500 and it has to be from at least 20 counties in Iowa with a minimum of 100 signatures for each of those 20 counties. I believe it is 19 counties, Justin. Na- it's Just 19? to fact okay. check you. Yeah. Well, she, <laughs> I was thinking 20 because she turned in signatures from exactly 20 counties. So just oh. one more than was the minimum requirement. Uh and that was kind of a trend, just barely being over the minimums. <laughs> Why work harder than you have to, Justin? <laughs> yeah, that's I, what her campaign I mean, consultants are telling her. <laughs> that's how I live most of my life, but I don't know if that's yeah. really the way to do it. 
<laughs> when you're doing what she's doing. So she filed for the nomination to be on the ballot, uh, and she's got all these signatures. I was one of the signatures in Johnson County because I was wow. approached by some girl on campus and i was like okay 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 because it would feel weird to say no to something so simple yeah i'll always sign for those ballot yeah cares man you can be on the ballot i won't vote for you but right yeah more candidates on the ballot i mean that's cool that's good i like to have options choices freedom of choice Who is she? She's running against Grassley and Admiral Franken. Franken. Is well, there anyone else? The prime, prime, and someone yeah. who's cool. That yeah. Glenn, Glenn, Hurst. Hurst. Glenn Hurst. Glenn Hurst. Yeah, he's Isn't the one. Isn't he kind of good? Yeah, he seems like he's the best choice. At the very least, he advocates for Medicare for all. So okay. he's apparently automatically so. better than the Mike other two. Mike <laughs> Franken apparently kind of does. It's very unclear because like, I went on his website and it says single payer. And then further on, it says he supports a choice for a public option. Which is like, mm-hmm. that's kind of two different things. It's like, either yeah. there's an option for public or it's only one. There's a single. <laughs> yeah. Single yeah. meaning you're... one. Yeah. So it's not clear. Also, he's a bloodthirsty fucking monster, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is he like doing that like AFRICOM shit? Yeah. 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 He's like, yeah. yeah, saying like, all Russian people are fucking criminals <laughs> because of the <laughs> Soviet Union. And yeah, uh, they're brainwashed. Yeah, yeah. yeah he said yeah. they're they they cause trouble all over the <laughs> like they've caused us so many troubles. And definitely none of the other way around or anything like that. <laughs> right? I liked yeah. his work on SNL, but I think yeah. that the photos he took with that yeah. young woman are just absolutely abhorrent. I will never yeah. support him. I mean, look how far he's fallen. He was like a yeah. pretty well liked senator yeah. from his home state. Yeah, he's of fallen from Minnesota to Iowa. He's fallen down, you know, how many? Yeah. How many lines miles of latitude? Miles. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it would be latitude for him because he's a boat guy. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. I got this, like, I speaking of text messages, I got this um, invitation to do like a survey via text a while back and I took it and it was like, so if the primary was today, who would you vote for? Abby Finkenauer, Admiral Franken, or it must have been Glenn Hurst. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like maybe Abby Finkenauer, maybe. And then it took me through all these questions like, how do you feel about the US Navy? <laughs> oh, I wonder where this hmm. poll is coming from. <laughs> and then, it, like, after I would be like, I feel like it's disgusting, then they would be like, Admiral Franken served yeah. in the U.S. Navy admirably for blah, 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 blah. And so it goes through this whole thing. And then at the end of it, it was like, so now who do you think you would vote for? <laughs> They have hands down the stupidest titles and the stupidest little outfits. That's how I feel about the Navy. Admiral? Yeah. How are you an adult? So you you wear a little (laughs) jaunty little outfit. Yeah. All right. Well, since we're talking about her primary opponents, I will mention that like a week before this story came out, I saw a poll for the Democratic primary for Senate. And to be clear, these are people running for the nomination so that they can then lose to Chuck Grassley. Like, yes. we're all in agreement yes. that that's for sure what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Obviously. Uh, but, um... Barring any medical situations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that should be considered, yeah. Um, but this poll I saw had Abby, like, 50 points ahead of Mike Franken. Like, 
There's mm-hmm. no competition. Like she's it definitely was hers winning to this lose. Primer. Yeah. Oh, All man. she had to do was collect 100 signatures. And she <laughs> yeah. And then, and then this comes out, and so after she turned in the signatures and all the other nominating papers and whatever, there was, of course, a challenge from the Republicans to, you know, not let her be on the yeah. ballot. Extremely anticipatable if you course, yeah. know anything about anything. Of course they're going to do that. That's not like a partisan, insane, out-of-left-field attack. Yeah. Like, obviously, they're going to challenge it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you turn in, if you, if they ask for 100 signatures as a requirement, and then there's like three counties, she got 100, 101, and 103 signatures in those yeah. counties. So it's like, yeah, I've the got solution it right is here. just collect more signatures, <laughs> like for insurance. Right. Cause like, which is like, yeah. it's come up before. I forgot about the Teresa Greenfield thing, but she did mm-hmm. in 2018. She was running for House of Representatives before she ran against Joni Ernst, and her campaign manager just made up signatures. Yeah, <laughs> and then they had to throw them all out, and then she didn't get enough in time to make the ballot. So, yes. and it also happened to um, our former mayor uh, Ron Corbett when he was going to run against. Um, I, I don't remember. He was running for Senate, I think, in 2020 or something. But anyway, he didn't get enough signatures, which is a fucking... Oh, man. Come on. What a shame. <laughs> it's such a slam dunk organizing opportunity, too. It's really That's easy right. to what it send is. out volunteers to talk to people yeah. for this. Like, it's super low barrier for a volunteer because you're yeah. just asking for... I mean, this is like a slam dunk organizing yeah. drive. Yeah. I was saying it's ironic because Chuck Grassley would love... Like, this is his bread and butter. He loves getting signatures. He loves talking to people face to face, going yeah. to their place of employment. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 19 I mean, counties, he goes to 100 every, yeah. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, yeah, he makes a big point of it. Um, Ron Corbett was running for governor. He wanted to oh, primary right, right. Reynolds in 2018. Anyway, so Bleeding Heartland has the uh, PDF of the objection to Finkenauer's candidacy uh, hosted on their site. So I've got the counties here. Alamaki, only 103. Cedar County, 103. Clinton, the bare minimum, 100 signatures. Des Moines County, 108. Muscatine County, 101. There's like multiple counties where it's like very thin margins. Like if they, if they're able to knock off like one or two of these, like you are toast. Because again, it's only from 20 counties and she's required to get 19 minimum. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, she got 416 signatures in Johnson County. So like they know how to do this. Who gives a shit? You just stand around. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. ask people to sign your clipboard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's clear that like her campaign just treated it completely as a formality, which I mean, it basically is. And they were like, yeah. th- she's got the name recognition. Obviously, she's like the presumed front runner because she's the only one who people f- fucking know at all. Yeah. And yeah. so they were like, we don't need to focus on this. We need to focus on donors <laughs> back to the asking for money because she's been very <laughs> consistent on that for sure so she's yeah. fundraising off this <laughs> yeah she is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> here this is a statement she made uh on monday when this news came out our campaign submitted more than five thousand signatures 1500 more signatures than are required to qualify for the ballot we are confident that we have met the requirements to be on the ballot This misguided midnight ruling is an outrageous and partisan gift to the Washington Republicans who orchestrated this meritless legal action. Yeah. (laughs) She mentioned the one requirement that 
doesn't apply. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like that's not what's being disputed right now. <laughs> we are exploring all of our options to fight back hard against this meritless partisan attack and to ensure that the voices of Iowans will be heard at the ballot box. <laughs> Since the beginning of this yeah. campaign, I have said that democracy is on the line, and it's clear now more than ever that Republicans <laughs> oh will God. stop at nothing <laughs> to silence the voices of Iowans. <laughs> I feel disenfranchised because I signed me so yeah, much. I put my name on that. It's like people are comparing it to like legitimate systemic voter disenfranchisement yeah. that yeah. is actually real, and they're using like her shoddy campaign as a vehicle to push that narrative. Which I mean, it's not surprising, but it's just so fucking vapid. It's a great point. Yeah. Chuck Grassley's allies in Washington are going to continue launching attack after attack on me, no matter how weak and partisan, because they know we have the momentum to win this race. We are not going to stop. Do you think he we knows who he is? Chuck Grassley <laughs> in November. <laughs> if you ask, do you think he knows who she is? <laughs> he knows who his wife is and uh, Babe Ruth probably and the list ain't much longer than that. I don't think he... <laughs> he remembers Anita Hill, but I don't think... <laughs> Abby Finkenauer. Yeah, I, I don't. I need to work on it some more. The fans, the fans. Yeah. Fence is like my hook word into getting the Chuck Grassley yeah. voice. Yeah. Build the fans. <laughs> Fans, <laughs> he's kind of he's got a little bit of an old man whine. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so, in particular, like the reason that they were able to challenge some of these names is because like you're supposed to put your name and then the date, and I think your address or something. I don't remember what I put on there, but there were a few lines where they either put the wrong date or no date, which is like who cares, right? <laughs> But and the, one person put their zip code instead of a date. Yeah, congratulations yeah. to that person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the extent to which this is like a bullshit partisan thing is like, there's a panel that makes a decision on whether those signatures are okay, even though they don't, you know, they don't have the right date or whatever. And the panel said it's fine, it's whatever. But then there's a judge who overturned their decision, a uh, Scott. Beatty is his name, Polk County District Judge. And he was like, no, it's not okay. And he obviously was appointed by yep. Republicans. So there is, you know, a little bit of that going on. But as you've said earlier, this is easily anticipated. She definitely could have skipped all of this by just having more than exactly 100 signatures in Clinton County, for example. Mm-hmm. I heard she turned them all in early, too. Yeah, she had an extra nine days. Oh, my Jesus. God. That's pathetic. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So she was just like, yeah, well, whatever. Here you go. It's like you could have spent all that. And that, again, is extra time door knocking. It's not fucking right. wasted. You're talking to people. Right. People will find out that there's a primary that you're running for Senate. Yeah. If you, They'll hear you your name out there. and see yeah. someone who like wants to support you and like is volunteering on your behalf. Yeah. I mean, honestly, she's probably treating the whole primary as a fucking formality. Like, I mean, yeah. I know I Franken has picked up some endorsements and all that, but again, like you said, there's just a huge gap in recognition and just yeah, public image. Yeah. People really hate this shit though, which rightfully so, like being taken for granted or like, you know. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like a shoe in or whatever. For sure. Yeah. Are you going to work this hard on my behalf? Do the exact bare minimum that is required? Okay. That makes yeah. me really excited to vote for you. <laughs> it, it seems like she definitely has a lot of national Democrat support. Um, remember when she was being floated as like the labor secretary um, yeah. beginning yeah. of the <laughs> Biden administration? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. I don't know who was floating it, but it was out there. <laughs> yeah. She's super tied up with Biden, too. Like, she's been a long time right. Joe Biden ally, yeah, which isn't going to play that well here. First and only <laughs> to endorse him. Yeah, right. Nobody really likes Joe Biden in Iowa. I don't know if she's noticed. Uh, I have a comment here from the Bleeding Heartland article about this that I wanted to read to you guys. This is from the user Bronx in Iowa. Oh, that's a real shithead. They, uh, post, yeah, you've uh, seen that that person they <laughs> post blogs on bleeding heartland yeah i think they yes. might have been the person here the one that was like we need to solve like the way to get republicans out of power is to treat mental illness or something like basically saying that like yeah all yeah, yeah republicans yeah. are mentally ill and that's why like, <laughs> i think we oh my gosh it might we be almost read that on the show and didn't right yeah yeah i remember we read yeah, it but I, not I, I think we were show. like it was two small potatoes but uh anyway the comment from from bronx and iowa the title of their comment is careful what you wish for. And they say Republicans who rejoice in keeping Finkenauer off the ballot. If it comes to that may rue their glee. What a phrase you will rue your glee. <laughs> <laughs> Not my glee. I'm ruining it so hard right now. I hate this. I regret yeah. being joyful. <laughs> I, I regret <laughs> it. <laughs> Typically you only hear about days being rude. Not not so much agree. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike Franken, a decorated Navy veteran of flag rank, who has extensive <laughs> government as well as military experience, is a far far more credible opponent for Chuck Hypocrite. Wait, <laughs> 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 that's, that's not even a good joke. I think it's Chuck I think it's going to catch on. Yeah, we're going to start. <laughs> People are going to be calling Chuck Grassley Chuck Hypocrite. <laughs> I would have laughed so hard if he was like, Chuck, your ass is Grassley. That, that yeah. would be way better. Oh, yeah. You have to say ass then, though. It's just like they're on a platter. I, I hate that. You hear that all the time. Like, oh, you know, when we turn around and use this on them, when have we ever done that? Like, when have, like, Democrats or leftists ever yeah. ever done that shit i don't think they were even suggesting it there like you have a better idea than bronx and iowa yeah and they did write the mentally <laughs> ill article the okay, evidence yeah, is yeah. mounting <laughs> that our dysfunctional politics are the result of mass mental illness <laughs> sure that's convenient and now in 2022 the uh demented president is standing in front of a mountain of corn in a dark <laughs> <Yeah>. room <laughs> The mental illness only goes one way, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's really just one last thing I wanted to mention while we discuss this, because I think it's only fair. Uh, Liz Lenz was tweeting about this. She was she's kind of pissed off about this. She agrees with Abby that it's a very, you know, it's a partisan attack and whatever. Let me guess. It's also sexist. Well, <laughs> uh, I, that is kind of part of this, but um, she pointed out that this 
judge, the Polk County District Judge Scott Beatty, was also involved in this, what is it? I think it was in Iowa. Yeah, House District uh, 55 race in 2018. I thought you were going to say he doesn't, what was her thing about like, he doesn't have like sheets on his bed. Yeah. He, does, no yeah. bed like, he only has yeah. one pillow and he doesn't no help around towels. the house at all. <laughs> uh. So there, there was some, there was like this really close Iowa house race between uh, Republican Michael Bergen and Democrat Kayla Kother. Kather. Sorry. I didn't <laughs> look up how to say it, but, and there was something about like some, ballots didn't get counted or or whatever and the democrat brought this lawsuit to like recount or whatever and scott Beatty just like dismissed it which means that the race went to the republican because it was very close so I, she just pointed out like this judge has a history of uh throwing elections to republicans mm-hmm. yeah I, I i mean i saw she was like the only person i think i saw who was like saying like she was arguing with people in the replies about how it was not Abby Finkenauer's campaign's fault at all. I mean, yeah. pretty much everyone I've seen, even like hardline, like mainstream Democrats are like, their campaign fucked up. And it was even an issue before the challenge. Cause remember, there was an article in Bleeding Heartland before it was even like a legal challenge about the date saying like, isn't it fucked up that these candidates, there's like multiple candidates who like barely scraped over the, the requirements. Yeah. I mean, Laura has been like critical yeah. to her mm-hmm. credit of abby for doing this mm-hmm. yeah yeah just like you just have no one to blame for yourself fuck off like yeah do your job it's not like there's always gonna be hard. a republican yeah. judge that like yeah <laughs> you should newsflash they're all republicans like just <laughs> right, don't yeah. let it get in front of a judge like right, yeah mm-hmm. there are mm-hmm. gonna be no good judges for you <laughs> if you're the party that prides itself on technocratic competency then the least you can do is yes. actually be competent <laughs> you know like yes you're not helping your case and that's the main yeah. thing is like and that's why they did it like i don't think they fucking they don't care like you said chuck Grassley doesn't give a shit if abby finkenauer's on the ballot or mike franken's on the ballot it's a way no. to attack a political enemy and it fucking hurts a reputation and it probably should should <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely should because yeah. it's so lazy it's, it's obvious it's like yeah. a, a slam dunk for them to do it so, and yeah, it's apparently it's it's at the Iowa Supreme Court. They just argued it today, and they should decide by the end of the week, I believe. But it's just a bunch of bullshit about oh, there's a statute that it's a requirement or like oh, who fucking cares? Right, Stupid yeah. bullshit. But yeah, yeah, it is bullshit. <laughs> I was like, I don't give a shit, and like you got the signatures and you got a hundred of them, so like whatever. Um, I thought I saw there were arguments about like someone theoretically could become a citizen after the date that they dated it as like just like why the fuck do you care who cares like (laughs) like that's stupid come on but like just don't be a dumbass i don't know like try at stuff like why are you dming me on twitter fuck you like oh my god (laughs) all right abby i know we've been pretty critical and hostile towards you but uh what what I sent you when you DM'd me asking me for money, I mean, the offer still stands. Uh, if you'd like to come speak with us on the show, uh, I've got a crisp $20 bill for you. Uh, you can use it for the campaign. You can use it for your own personal finances, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like everybody else, I, if you want to come on the show, I'll pay you $20, all right? <laughs> That'll get you into the state fair. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it won't get you to Atlantis for a set, though, because you got to buy both things. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so you're not yeah. going to be able to afford it, but <laughs> some pocket change jingling around. So back to the movie. Uh, <laughs> I, this is a spoiler, but at the climax of the movie, the the master emerald gets like shattered into pieces and it has like the seven chaos emeralds inside of it or maybe there's only six and then plus the master emerald is seven so seven emeralds in total anyway sonic gets his hands on them and he becomes super sonic in the movie it's so fucking cool <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, isn't that the plot of Sonic Adventure One? He gets all the crystals, and then he becomes supersonic, and then I believe they're emeralds. Or <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. My apologies. <laughs> That's kind of like throughout the whole series is like a major first part of thing it. About this guy, yeah. Starting with Sonic <laughs> Two, I know he's blue on Sega Genesis. As soon as you get all the emeralds, then you can transform into supersonic, and it's been that way pretty See, much well, ever Stella- since. He's blue most of the time, but when he becomes supersonic, he turns yellow. Yeah. So right, I thought now those were know. two different guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a little bit of uh... all right. So there's a lot of different like canons in the Sonic like franchise. So in yeah. certain interpretations, supersonic is kind of a separate entity. Like his personality changes so much when he's in that form that it's. Is it still him? There's sort of like a metaphysical thing going on there. Mm. In this movie, they it's pretty clearly established that he is the same Sonic. He's just a lot more powerful. Because, and this is another spoiler, after they defeat Robotnik and his giant <laughs> robot, he uses his power to like summon a chili dog from the heavens. <laughs> so oh, it's clear that yeah. <laughs> even though he has this like immense power, he's still yeah. interested in the same He's still our chili loving little snack. Chili dog loving hero. Yeah. That we've yeah. come still to know and guy. trust. Yeah. That's great, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't name one thing. I now know more things about Sonic than I can't name one single fact. He's a hedgehog. There you go. That's one. (laughs) I saw that movie, um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And it ruled. You guys will love it. Listeners would love it. It's really, really good. It's like a multiverse kung fu movie with the crouching tiger hidden dragon lady. Oh, really? And yeah, she's really good in it. Yeah, we were planning to go see it. It It's really funny. It's good. All right. Well, I've got another article to talk to you guys about. And since we were talking about movies, this one's also about a movie. And this was brought to our attention by our friend Dexter Mershbrock on Twitter. I like that guy. Yeah, I like everything I've seen of him. He seems pretty cool. Uh, This is in the Gazette. This is about a movie that came out like a while ago now. This is by Patricia Patnode in the Cedar Rapids Gazette. And uh, it's called Lighting the Bat Signal for Capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) okay so the bat signal then i mean yeah (laughs) i thought isn't batman kind of a figure of capitalism he's kind of you know oh yeah for sure that dude loves capital that dude loves it that's his only power is that he's fucking rich right that is literally (laughs) the the only thing he can do is like instead of like simply cutting a big check to each person to get rid of the social problems that cause them to do crime. Um, he chooses to dress up in a funny outfit. That's and very true. Hit people. 
<laughs> Natalie is laying out the currently common criticism of Batman, and that is kind of what this article is about, is a reaction against what Natalie was just laying out. Wait, really? That's, no, it's not. <laughs> yes. No, it's yes. not. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a new Batman movie. I saw that too. Is that good, by the way? I liked it. It's way too fucking long. It's like three but I hours It's like three long. hours. That's why, I, yeah. that's yeah. why yeah. I couldn't go see it. I'm going to watch yeah, yeah. it at home so I can do it on two nights. I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really <laughs> long. Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked Robert Pattinson in it. Um, he He's great. Love him. His portrayal of Bruce Wayne is sort of like asexual almost he's god like not that. quite uh, at least from but, what i understand i haven't seen yeah, it but yeah oh my god i love robert Pattinson. he's everything that we need our movie stars to be he's fucking deranged in interviews <laughs> yeah. just like he lies. He's, he, he lies he microwaves pasta and tinfoil yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's pretty funny i love that guy <laughs> he's handsome he's he's everything that we deserve so you don't really need to have seen the new movie to understand what's going on in Patricia's article here. So I will begin. For those readers who don't care about Batman, I implore you to give the iconic American hero a chance because understanding that the story evolution of one of the most profitable movie characters of all time also mirrors our cultural attitude toward wealth and success. Okay, I don't think you need to know about Batman to see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was all one sentence, by the way, what I just yeah. read. <laughs> Awful writing. <laughs> this give is like Batman a chance. Nerd. Again, yeah, sh- they mentioned, <laughs> yeah, give Batman a chance. Also, it's like one of the biggest fucking franchises yeah. <laughs> yeah. in American yeah. culture. <laughs> Consider seeing any movie. Uh, this is a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, who are the people who are reading your column that don't know about Batman? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, superheroes on television and in movies are important. They teach children Why? simple. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, they're not. They teach children Hard simple no. cultural <laughs> norms and can serve as a hopeful what? escapism for people wanting to live in a more just society. <laughs> cultural norms that people what? can fly and <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's good to be good. <laughs> There's zero lessons. They're like a superhero world is inherently fashy. Like one person's like, yeah. There's no good lessons there. Don't what get the bitten fuck? by a spider. Lesson one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that they really portray a more just society. It's just more like kind of simpler. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we have to rely on a single, it's it's a lot of like the American rugged individualism thing, like to True, Natalie's yeah. point, there's like one powerful person that we all have to look to to save us all that enforces good <laughs> over yeah. evil. And also crime is a matter of personal virtue. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sort of shit. Sometimes though, there's like four or five really strong people. And that's how the children learn about that's the cultural right. norm of teamwork, I guess. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> I do think the like X Men. I feel like they do have some good things to say about like yeah, because Magneto is right. <laughs> yeah. Well, the X Men were like Ooh. a very thinly veiled metaphor for the civil rights movement <laughs> when mm-hmm. they were first being published. Was, they're the Malcolm X. Um, so there's more going MLK. on there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like Batman. I like uh, the Watchmen. I don't know. <laughs> That's not like the only like 
kind of decent political comic I can think of. Yeah, that yeah. one's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Alan Moore in general is the one of the few like comics writers who has ever tried to say anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is fine. I what mean, that I was. love comics. They're descended a little bit. Yeah, it's up, up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like he was trying to say exactly, but he did try. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to shoot on comics. They're very entertaining and fun. Yeah. I like them as a medium, but uh, mostly very frivolous. Uh, okay, continuing with Patricia's words. Every superhero is a misfit who discovers their differences are actually strengths. Uh, it's a bit reductive. Mm, I don't think yeah. every superhero yeah. is a misfit. Even as we grow older, we still seek out heroes in entertainment. The Marvel and DC franchise movies are majorly profitable. The Law and Order series plays into our want for justice and understanding, (laughs) as does the enduring popularity of detective shows and, to an extent, true crime documentaries explore how justice is served. (laughs) Oh, okay. This is very tortured. <laughs> I like the acknowledgement that Law and Order is a fantastical version yeah. of <laughs> <laughs> our justice system. Yeah, yeah. Similar it's to a, the superheroes. Yeah, exactly. It's another fantasy where there's heroes and villains. Yeah. There's good guys and there's bad guys. <laughs> this might be my favorite uh, phrase of the article. Batman is a troubled guy. <laughs> <laughs> His parents die in front of him, man. <laughs> That's got to be oh, something. Yeah, I mean. And every director and author adapts the Dark Knight's tragic rich boy orphan story in a new way. The latest Batman, played by Robert <laughs> Pattinson, was truly iconic. The eye-black Pattinson war was appropriately emo, and writers even managed to somehow involve three classic villains without overwhelming the audience. The movie was two hours and 56 minutes, and at the end, (laughs) I only wished it was longer. (laughs) Psychopath. Crazy. Wait, that was included for real? She said that, yes. (laughs) No, dude, I would have paid to see it at the movie theater if it wasn't two hours and 56 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. That's Titanic numbers. Like, if I'm sitting down that long, it's to watch Titanic. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It should be illegal. Yeah. <laughs> illegal for movies to be longer than two hours. <laughs> I think it should be I a federal tight, crime. Tight ninety <laughs> minutes. See oh, what yeah, you got. They need to bring back intermissions if they're going to do fucking three hour oh, long yeah. movies. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because when are you supposed to pee? You're hungry. Zack Snyder's no. original vision for his Justice League movie was going to include an intermission. Yeah, that's just smart. I respect for that. Yeah. That guy's a visionary. <laughs> he is. Yeah. <laughs> I love his gray worlds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was she said three classic villains and I was trying to think of who the third one was. I guess Catwoman, but she's not a villain in this movie. She's not ever a villain. It's Zoe okay. Kravitz, isn't it? Yes, uh-huh. it is. I heard I mean, they she's do like not an have chemistry kind of. in the in the movie. Right. An anti-hero and a villain are not the same. They're mm. not, no. Yeah, the, the chemistry is like, I don't know, He does, they don't seem interested in each other at all, and then suddenly they're <laughs> yeah. kissing. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I, I heard. Mean, <laughs> that's so weird, I like it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Batman as a character has to be wildly wealthy to finance his gadgets because he is a human existing in a world of extraterrestrial heroes and villains. Batarangs don't come cheap. Other heroes' storylines like Superman and The Flash don't have to grapple with their relation to wealth because their position in the tax bracket doesn't impact their heroic abilities. But in every Batman plot, viewers struggle alongside their hero with how he should relate to his wealth and the moral decay he sees in the upper class. That's never been part of a yeah, Batman ever. That'd be a good Batman. That'd be a good Batman. Did you they guys sort hear, of brush up it, against it in this movie. Do they? Is it Ezra Miller who's playing yeah. the new version yeah. of The Flash? And he just got in trouble for like violently assaulting yeah. people, <laughs> which he's done in the past. So mm-hmm. I yeah. think there, there's been a lot of movies recently, like Death on the Nile has um, that cannibal Army Hammer. Army Hammer. <laughs> and then West Side oh, Story. Has, yeah. Have you seen a trailer? He's in it. He's like the the one of the main characters, and he's in the trailer for like a blink and you miss it, just so they like acknowledge that he's in it, but they don't want to like really advertise it. I read a whole long thing about him, dude. I gotta send it to you. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm obsessed with him. The whole family is just like moral rot, top to bottom. They should have known to start yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. They're like comically like building chairs out of human being shit, <laughs> like just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I hate to do this, but uh, Ezra Miller actually uses uh, is a non-binary person. So they them excuse yeah. me they. yes okay. thank you so for correcting they us. they violently are violence and like <laughs> 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 I, I think they oh have God. a history of that kind of stuff too. Like this is a person who should be me too, yeah. but hasn't. Yeah, <laughs> they choked a person. Did you yeah. ever see that movie they're in um, with Tilda Swinton? No. Like what someone is who can, it's called We Need to Talk About oh, Kevin. I, yeah. Kevin. It's yeah, one yeah. of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. Someone who I can can't give watch that it, performance. I know what it's about. Yeah, it, it's deeply unsettling. Like someone who could give that performance and be like capable of that. Like, I don't know if, <laughs> if they were acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've seen any movies that they are in. I don't really watch superhero movies, but it's because I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're like diverting way off this article, but Ezra Miller was in the adaptation of The Stand that came out like a year and a half ago or so Mm. and was bizarre. Uh, I don't know if any of you have read The Stand, Stephen King's like enormous book. I have. That's like my favorite Stephen King book. You remember The Trash Can Man? Yeah, yeah. Just like a mentally ill person suffering in the apocalypse. Yeah. So Ezra Miller played Radiation Fetish. And you, you remember what they said in uh, uh, Tropic Thunder, the <laughs> the phrase that made everyone mad that they used a certain <laughs> word? <laughs> I, oh, no. Honestly, I think Ezra Miller might have, oh, no. may have violated that rule. <laughs> he went full trash can man. Or they. Yeah. Fuck. You're going to have to go back and wow. edit all the right pronouns. The thing there. is, it's, it's, tra- it's trash can man. So clearly That's Ezra right. Miller yeah. is comfortable playing male presenting characters but <laughs> anyway I, yeah Ezra Miller is a weird <laughs> weird person I don't know <laughs> yeah I would do not want to hang out with them um Ansel Adams was also like left out a lot a lot of the promo for West Side Story I think he's been accused of are you talking about Ansel Igor? yeah I Ansel Adams the famous photographer no um, <laughs> <laughs> 
little Igor. Yeah. Um, I think he was like me too, a little bit. Yeah, I'd heard stuff about him. They should just do what they had to do with like Kevin Spacey and replace everyone with Christopher Plummer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all <laughs> the only Christopher, all Christopher Plummer. <laughs> Have you seen the Fantastic? Beast series is like canceled now. I did hear that it's canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Trolls. Like the triple whammy of um, the. There's an issue with the. Is Ezra Miller in that too? Yes. Yeah. So Ezra Miller, Johnny Depp, and J.K. Rowling. (laughs) It's just like a disaster. All three of them. What a crew. Yeah. Yeah. Most problematic Uh, movies of all time. God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wait. Hold on. There's been a lot worse than that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I'm just getting I'm getting news. Yeah. Have you guys heard of? Uh, I'm getting some really terrible news about potential bad movies. His, bad his first, teams. His first name is Roman. How could that's a weird name? <laughs> you guys heard of this guy? <laughs> Okay, so Batman. Uh, in previous storylines, <laughs> the capitalist success of Wayne Industries was necessary to maintain a good society with stable jobs and industry. And oh. the Batman was necessary to combat the evil of the crime underworld. So everyone, we've all consumed uh, at least some Batman content in our lives. Um, think back on all the portrayals of Gotham City that you recall. Uh, a good society yeah, stable. with stable jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Batman, job creator. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I've seen that angle. <laughs> I think the crime underworld kind of overshadows all of the other parts of Gotham's society. I think it's the crime society. overworld. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The crime world. That's kind of the whole thing about the place is like it's a deeply corrupt place. Bruce Wayne understood that people want safety as well as the ability to thrive and produce through work, so he fought to secure both. (laughs) (laughs) That man does understand. He loves that. He loves it when we produce. (laughs) He's all about gross domestic product. Yeah. The sharp character deviation in the latest two Batman movie franchises has not only harmed the integrity of Bruce Wayne, but also shows how anti-capitalist sentiments are warping the heroic superhero fairy tales we use to communicate important American (laughs) values. I thought he loved it. Um, I thought he loved it. Like it is a fairy tale. I mean, yeah, the American values, <laughs> the capitalism, all that stuff is a pretty. It's, it's a fairy tale. Small. Yeah, it's Are convenient to believe to in, but not the real. The Joker as well. Yeah, I don't know what they like, mean. Is that what they're Are saying? They the, the other one. I think they're talking about Ben Affleck. For Nolan, Batman. Well, that would that would have been the most recent. Yeah, I don't know that the Nolan movie is really. Set. Well, no, there was like that weird Occupy stuff with yeah, Bane. Yeah, the third one is Bane so is the tortured. Only... Like the politics well, of that movie are just fucking. Yeah, those are super pro, over. like capitalism and state power. <laughs> Honestly, like the Nolan movies. Yeah. Oh, those are. Have you rewatched those recently? Because I have, and oh my god, they are like very hardcore fashy police state shit. Yeah, yeah. they're like. The surveillance, like the Dark Knight especially, is like, actually, yeah. it's cool if Batman can see every single person's cell phone. Yeah. I like it. It's well, good. Morgan, <laughs> Morgan Freeman gets to break the computer at the end. I think the, the end, about so. the Joker. Oh, yeah, because there's like one single 
you know, the one black servant has to be there <laughs> to pull the plug on it. Like, I'm just hey, like, Lucius Fox is more than just a servant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought the Dark Knight was more like counter, like War on Terror is good more so than like Occupy Wall Street is bad. But like, I don't know, that movie is just like it's very yeah, of fucking its time. all over the place politically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking yeah. sense. The third, the third one is insane yeah. because of the fact that it does attempt some class politics, and it just comes out as this like it's, disaster. It's just that movie mess. sucks. It yeah. is the worst one for sure of the three. No, it's my favorite of the three. It's the most entertaining, and like I remember watching it with our friends Alan and Allie, and like I was probably pretty inebriated, but I was just like laughing the entire time at how fucking stupid it was. I like yeah, Dark, Dark Knight Rises. Is all right, though, I like it. I, that's that's my favorite one of them because the other two are like too good and like do too good of job of packaging Bush era stuff. I just can't take it. Yeah. Um, but the third one, it goes off the rails. And also, Tom Hardy's bisexual. Yeah, yeah. I just he's, need everyone to know that. He's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Pattinson is a very effective brooder. He sulks about barely kisses Catwoman once and has to be taken care of by his butler turned babysitter Alfred. The 2022 Bruce Wayne hates his life. He doesn't participate in his company, Wayne Industries, whatsoever, and is completely apathetic to the business that finances his lifestyle. See, sounds I pretty like relatable. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. He doesn't want to be a fucking rich kid. He, he like, resents it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's relatable. <laughs> Yeah, I really relate hard. <laughs> yeah, to that. right. Exactly. As a very I'm rich so person, sick who of his inherited <laughs> wealth, the ennui of wealth. Yeah, something <laughs> listeners may not know about us is, yes, we are rich, but we all hate it. We hate being rich. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that makes it okay. It makes us feel so morally conflicted, and it just makes me sad. It makes me really bad at kissing. <laughs> <laughs> I only kiss Catwoman <laughs> once when I have the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so she's she's now going back and comparing to the Nolan movies here. In the 2005 film Batman Begins, Bruce Wayne, played by Christian Bale, she's really padding out the word count here. Like, we all are familiar mm. with these movies already, but she's we, like, we know. you may recall Christian Bale played Bruce Wayne, who works, <laughs> he owns Wayne Industries in Gotham City, like, <laughs> over and over and over. <laughs> Anyway, Bruce Wayne, played by Christian Bale, <laughs> returns from his ninja training to lead his family's company in order to gain access to its high-tech crime-fighting tools. This Bruce Wayne engages in intense capitalism to finance his activities as the Cape <laughs> Crusader, understanding that participating in Wayne Industries is necessary. So th- it's sort of like a goofus it's and gallant. It's fine if you're a rich kid as yeah. long as you can show up to the meeting. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So Batman, it's fine if you're the Batman as long as you hold down a job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Christian Bale was the responsible Bruce Wayne because after he came back from his ninja training, he understood that you know, yeah. participating <laughs> in the training company was... <laughs> Actually, that's kind of kind of like a tech startup guy like he goes to fucking like hang out with these monks oh, yeah. and learn learn how to do like <laughs> ancient, ancient martial arts <laughs> and then comes back to run some like soulless fucking company that's just like exploiting people yeah <laughs> 
He's drinking, drinking green juice yeah. and getting blood yeah. infusions. <laughs> it's a Jack Dorsey move, yeah. One hundred percent. Seeing the corrupting power of money, which the Joker points out in the Dark Knight (parentheses 2008), Bruce decided to direct his resources <laughs> into clean energy, which ends up bankrupting investors. I don't remember this part of the movie at all. That's no good. <laughs> that's good. that's that's the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I don't even fucking remember. Because that's Marion Cotillard. Is the nuclear energist? Okay. See, I've watched this too recently. <laughs> She's wrong. So Bruce is directing resources into clean energy because the Joker showed him the corrupting power of money. <laughs> See, the Nolan movies have such a clear <laughs> capitalist <Yeah>. message. <laughs> <laughs> This this is characterized as a noble pursuit, conveying that Batman's existence as a sinful billionaire was forgiven through his moral but doomed investments. So maybe it's anti-capitalist still? I don't know. <laughs> Today, wealthy people and companies are doing everything in their power to communicate that they are, quote, the good guys. Flying gay and trans pride flags in every storefront giving lip service to the importance of hiring women and non-white employees and donating millions to Black Lives Matter. Capitalism has basically become a dirty word that companies attempt to cloak with progressive marketing. What happened to Batman? I thought this was about Batman. <laughs> no. Yeah, what the fuck is this detour? <laughs> sharp Those sharp turn. Yeah. <laughs> We've lost sight of the community good that capitalist free market success produces. Bruce Wayne, CEO what? of Wayne Industries, <laughs> once understood that good jobs and stockholder success allow people to live respectable lives. Jesus. And that's nothing that any company or businessman should apologize for or be ashamed of. As opposed to like, even though it's performative donating to Black Lives Matter, just being a job creator is the best thing a company can do through yeah. unfettered growth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Won't someone think of the stockholders? <laughs> well, yeah, somebody, please. No one's ever thinking about them. No one ever makes decisions <laughs> to benefit the stockholders over yeah. everyone else. <laughs> it's not literally illegal to make decisions that hurt the stockholders. <laughs> right. That's how she ends the article. So yeah, I don't know if you guys, uh, how do you feel about the, <laughs> what was the message there? Oh, <laughs> uh, capitalism <laughs> is good. Um, uh, that's about it, really. <laughs> Fairy tales. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of interesting that people have to make a, a nod to inequality at this point because of how bad things have gotten. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And public sentiment is such that you do have to acknowledge how fucked up it is that he's so rich. That's getting in the way of my movie, though, Natalie. It's getting <laughs> in the way of my enjoyment of this classic story of a man who is bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing about this movie is how Robert Pattinson was supposed to get cut and refused. <laughs> Yeah. Did you guys know this? They kept yeah, yeah. they kept checking it. He's like, I'm for sure gonna work out, dude. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, wow. and he looks he fine. Is relatable. <laughs> yeah. Like... No, for real. He was like, 
no, really, like, give me six more weeks, for real. I'm definitely going to work out. And then you just smoked weed for six more weeks and showed up looking exactly the same. I mean, they got CGI. You don't need to fucking work out. Fuck that. He had the jawline. He was born with the jawline. Yeah, Yeah, it's fun. And then Camille Nanjami is, like, ruining his life for a To be be in the worst Marvel movie so far. (laughs) (laughs) And to die, right? I haven't even watched it, but yeah. Yeah, I just love that. Like, he's just like, nope, no beauty standards for me. I'm not doing it. (laughs) Anyway, so that was uh, Patricia Patnode's very uh, deep and well thought out article about Batman (laughs) capitalism. Uh, Well researched. Honestly, I think she's just mad that there's like one mention in the movie about how, like, oh, you are rich. Like Zoe Kravitz says something like, "Oh, you sound like some little rich boy," and that's like it. <laughs> it's not like there's like a deep criticism of like, yeah, you know, the capitalist billionaire going out and beating people up. It's not. It's not like a deep critique in this movie. Yeah, I think you could use the Batman character to make like a pretty good movie about how capitalism leads to inequality, leads to crime. You know, I feel like that's like doable. But yeah. Yeah, there is like so much you could do that would be so cool with Batman, but no one will ever do it. But it could be really cool. Yeah, you couldn't do it that explicitly. Mm-mm. No explicit political messages it has to be muddled. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> yeah, that's you got to appeal to both sides. Only Frank Miller is allowed to make statements with Batman, and they're very <laughs> the other kind of statements. Total opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, the, the bad ones. <laughs> I feel like there hasn't been a lot of like Ward discourse coming out of the Batman movies, like. Batman's war. Like the Robin situation? Robin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm looking forward to some ward. <laughs> some ward. <laughs> some conservatorship debate. Yeah. <laughs> after we after we figure out capitalism and like inequality, then the next topic war <laughs> should be is it is it ethical to yeah. <laughs> to adopt a full grown man. <laughs> okay, he's a kid. Well, is it ethical for him to adopt a kid even? Like it's <laughs> Look what he brings he's not, this he's boy into. He doesn't even Nolan have movies. time for his company. He doesn't adopt. He's an adult in the him. Nolan's movies. He's barely even Robin in those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's technically Robin, and he's an adult. There are whole shows about adopting adults. You can do it, and it's funny. <laughs> Let's just agree the uh, Adam West uh, Batman series that is the definitive yeah. Batman that's because canon. That's he's canon. I love it. He's it's that's what I watched when I was a kid. So I guess I'm partial to it, but I love that he's just like so fucking serious, and everything else <laughs> around him is just completely <laughs> ridiculous and silly and just so so stupid. It's it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and that that was when things were good and so adam west like his portrayal of batman like totally embraces the good that wayne industries brings to gotham city the capitalism like adam west batman is totally pro-capitalism and that's <laughs> that's when you know these heroic portrayals were good for kids they teach <laughs> children simple <laughs> cultural norms <laughs> Yeah, see, I'm not caring about any of that, but uh, it's a lot more fun than the new ones, you know? Yeah. No, that stuff is awesome. The Nolan Batmans are a plague on everything. I don't know what to make of this article. I just wanted to get it out there. It's bizarre. (laughs) You're just mad that, like, we get, like, one line in one movie. It's just messed up. Like, 
this, like, our ideological perspective is represented zero places. And, like, it's, like, a tiny bit sneaks into one blockbuster ever. And you're like, <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. I want the pure propaganda. You can't say, like, there's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. G- give me, like, a Boots Riley directed Batman. Yeah. Then, then you yeah. can complain. Yeah. That would be sick. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that. That specific, if that's what she's referring to, like the the one throwaway line about how he's a rich boy, I feel like that is nothing new. Like people would pepper that in in movies and TV shows against rich characters for a long, mm-hmm. long time. Like, oh yeah, we've always hated the rich. Yeah, yeah, it's hard not to. <laughs> Unless they're moping. And movies are supposed to exist to smooth that over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all I've got for tonight. Uh, Anybody have anything else we need to get out there before we shut off the recording? Mm. (laughs) Maybe we should ask for uh, suggestions for uh, new names for the podcast now that we uh, can't call it the uh, Rock Hard Caucus anymore. Yeah. Rock Hard Primary is not going to work. No. It doesn't. Well, we'll see how long the but show lasts. But it would be lasts, dishonest to keep it. I was clearly losing political relevancy, so uh, we're winding down. So see ya. It's been fun. <laughs> oh fuck! I should have uh, plugged the Patreon right as you said that. We're done. Don't forget to access all of our content. <laughs> <laughs>